welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Uh, we're here, 2023. We did it. Yes, we did it. I, I don't know. Uh, we showed up again after 2022. Like, I'm not really sure what we did, but we did it. <laughs> uh, I mean, we took an extra week off. I was, I was saying did, this yeah. on the mini, like, when it comes to the holidays, it's always... Uh, you, you you think one week's enough, but you know what? Like two weeks, that's a real holiday, I think. So, but I am happy to be back. Yeah, me too. Um, so, and and I wanted to say a quick thank you off the top of the show um, because you guys were freaking awesome over the break. Um, I had some new medication that was making me feel really crappy and I didn't end up being able to stream for Extra Life, which was making me really, really sad. And um, just me tweeting about it and like talking about what was going on. Um, we actually ended up getting uh, quite a few donations that came in right at the end of the year. So you guys were very, very understanding and supportive and awesome as the gamers in community always is. And uh, and we, we had a pretty good year. I think um, this year more so than ever before, we set our goals really, really high. <laughs> and uh, we got, you know, most of the way, I think we got about 80% of the way to our goals. So um yeah we had a we had a decent year we we raised i think over five thousand dollars as a team so uh yeah good job gamers and community and thank you guys for being so supportive of me personally and everything is going on right now like you've been awesome so thank you yes yeah and you too uh, ryan obviously well no i i uh <laughs> i really appreciate everybody i saw the donations coming in um as the year came to a close and i i think extra life is always a it's it's a really great cause and, and i love doing it every year and i know you, you know we as the gamers in community love doing it every year and i think um the biggest takeaway from all those donations that came in is is the fact that uh, i will be having to play elden ring at some point soon and uh jocelyn will have to watch the greatest uh video game movie of 2022 the uh. sonic the hedgehog 2 <laughs> featuring jim carrey and and um the voice of knuckles idris elba uh so yeah, for it, the kids, for the kids, and an audio commentary I think was promised. So like, it was. I feel like this is gonna be a. When are we scheduling this? Like, when are we? When are we watching Sonic Two? <laughs> it's gonna have to be soon. Yeah, we're gonna have to watch Sonic Two and record commentary, which is like. I don't know why you guys want to listen to that, but maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised and my whole commentary will be like, what? I can't believe that happened. That's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. That's been your sneak peek of things I definitely will not say. <laughs> I mean, you may come around on the fact that uh, Idris Elba, known as the voice of Knuckles, and that's the first thing that'll come to your mind from, from now on. Oh, I'm going to be a snarky asshole and people are not going to enjoy themselves. <laughs> I think Just that's warning what everyone right now. <laughs> that might be what they want. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be a lot of fun. Jim Carrey's in the movie. Um, there's there's uh, there's lots of stuff. I don't want to spoil it for you, Jocelyn. It's, it's such a fun <laughs> treat of a film. Can't wait. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that's the thing that we're going to do soon uh. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much yes. for uh, all of the extra life love this year um you guys were really really great and understanding and uh, it was a pretty crappy health year for me so 
Um, yeah, thank you guys so much again. But enough of that. Let's talk about what we're playing before we get into our 2023 game preview, because there's a lot of stuff coming out this year because a lot of stuff got delayed last year. So um, we've got kind of a, a lot of games to talk about uh, later on in the show for things that we're looking forward to in 2023. So, Ryan, uh, what did you get up to over the holidays? Yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to quickly chat about a couple games that I played over the holidays. Uh, I've still been playing Marvel Midnight Suns, and uh, I can't remember the I think we, I, I was going to look it up before our show, and I'm pretty sure I talked about it twice. Once where it was like, a, I was like, oh, there's some issues here. And then the second time I'm like, no, I've spent like 40 hours in it and it's really Yeah, good. that's the most recent update I remember. Yeah. I think it was the episode before our Game of the Year episode and you had already spent like, it had been out for like a week or something and you've been in it for like 40 hours. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> where did you find 40 hours in one week? That's literally a second job and you have three children. Like, <laughs> poor Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like every waking moment that I had, I was playing... Every free moment I was playing Marvel yeah. Midnight Suns and uh and, and that continued over the holidays to the point where I'm I'm sure like people coming into the living room like, Oh, what's Ryan doing? Oh, he's playing Marvel Midnight Suns and you know, Captain Marvel is like glowing and punching people across the the room and, and Spider Man's doing his thing and, and um and then occasionally they're in a hot tub for some reason. because uh, that's <laughs> that is the wild swings this game takes. Um, there's a, it, it's, I've not really played anything like it, to be honest, <laughs> uh, in the way it, like you have these superheroes. I'm so used to the, it just being them. Let's talk for a bit, but let's get to the punching and the fighting and the, you know, taking out Hydra bits. Um, but in this one, there's a lot of downtime with your heroes, um, to the point where I've kind of gotten like, kind of, uh, stuck in a, in a good way where I've just been, I've got like 80 hours into it now. <laughs> Oh my god! And uh, I still haven't finished it. Although I did get the prompt for like this is the final mission. So when you go through this, you know, cutscene, you're in the end game now. And um, I still haven't maximized all my like buddy points with everybody. I think I just I have to become best friends with uh, maybe Wolverine. He's I think he was he was one of the last heroes that joined in. Uh, so I think I got a couple more heroes that I got to be best friends with before I go into the final mission. I was going to say you left Wolverine for last. Was he no. not good enough for you? What's wrong with you, Ryan? He would have been the first one on my list. Well, see, he's Canadian, so he's super nice about waiting his turn. Uh, so, he's, so he's just polite and waits in the corner. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is literally usually what he's doing. He's a bit, of, he is a bit of a loner. And he kind of hangs out uh, by himself. But um, I think like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about the combat. The combat's amazing. Like I've really just be the reason I've, I'm, I haven't finished it is because I keep doing uh, general missions, which are available to you between the story missions and they're like procedurally generated. So it's like, you know, four missions in this area that are like uh, one's defeat enemies. Another one is like, um, uh, you know, uh, rescue the artifacts before they're driven away. Uh, or there are others where specific scenarios where you're trying to stop different type of, uh, you know, stronger enemies. So like they're, they're all varied, but they're repeatable. They're, they're definitely missions you've played before because they're built from like a set of, um, a set of like, uh, I don't want to say skills, but <laughs> a set of, uh, like a set of rule sets basically. Like, okay. it, so you've done them all before, but it comes down to like, the heroes you bring in and and the gameplay is just so much fun with with the cards and, and the powers and such 
So uh, it's it's fine and, and a lot of fun to keep replaying those missions. So that's what I've been doing is I've I've kind of been slowly making my way to the ending. But I but I have kind of uh, gotten to the point where I was like, you know, what, I'm going to be doing this forever if I don't start mainlining the story as well. <laughs> so instead of doing 10 general missions between story, I would do two. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have gotten close to the end. I'm almost there. Uh, but you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of like weirdness to the in-between, uh, of, of the combat. Um, but there are a lot of, uh, you know, moments of heart as well. Like you're playing a character who's been dead for 300 years and has been resurrected. And obviously there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in, in the last 300 years. And the one I get a kick out of always like movie night and video games. And (laughs) one of the skits was like your main character who is called the hunter. That's their name. Uh, it's a joke sometimes of like your mother actually called you the hunter. It's like, yep, that's my, that's my legal name. The hunter Um, (laughs) is one of the skits was like the hunter and Wolverine, like trying to figure out how to turn on a video game system. And it's them going back and forth of how figuring out how to do it. And they can never figure it out. And then the ending of the skit is just like, you would think it's like, Oh, is the camera broken? It's like, no, the camera's like focused in on like the outlet. The console has been unplugged and they couldn't figure it out. Um, so there's like stuff like that, which is kind of like, it's quirky and fun, but like really the meat of it is, is the combat. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm almost done. So probably by next week I will have done the final mission and finished it. Uh, but, but I really enjoyed it. It, It's on sale right now. I think, uh, it's already been discounted on steam. Uh, I think by maybe 20 to 30%. And, and this is outside of the holiday sale that was taking place just last week. But, uh, no no Steam Deck support just yet. Still doesn't quite work there. I can't transfer my save, which is a bummer. I think this is the first time where I've kind of been like, this would make a perfect Steam Deck game, and then it doesn't quite work to the point where it's kind of broken if you try to play it on multiple platforms, like your PC and your Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, uh, I have faith that they'll get it working by the time the DLC starts to come out. Like, I think that's, it's just something they couldn't get around to for launch. Like this game is coming in in parts, right? In the sense that it was supposed to launch on previous generation consoles, including the Switch, and those were delayed. And um, so, like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's that's being post, being pushed past the initial launch. So I'm willing to wait. And what I'll likely do is I like, okay, like I'll pick up the season pass when the DLC starts to come if they get like. Steam Deck support sorted out because I really would like to do some of those non-story missions on the go because it is like it's a beefy game and and like yeah it, the, there's a lot to it in terms of like loading it in and stuff and I just I would rather just be able to hit the button on the Steam Deck turn it on and start playing um, but we're not quite there yet so I've it's kind of been the first big game where I've been I wouldn't say burned but like disappointed that the developers were unable to get Steam Deck support available at launch when this is such a perfect game for steam deck you know being turn-based and such so yeah it's a bummer but we'll see if they can sort it out sooner (laughs) rather than later hopefully (laughs) um fingers crossed yeah and uh you know outside of that um i continued the strategy sort of experiences with uh, I, i ended up getting mario plus rabbits sparks of hope for christmas I'm surprised that this one wasn't, a, and I think I've said this before, that this wasn't like a day one pickup for you, um, just because I know how much you enjoyed the first one. So does the second one like live up to the first 
Mario plus rabbits? Yeah, I would say it definitely runs with the concept and improves upon uh, a lot of the issues I had with the first one. I mean, the first one was a very, um, I wouldn't say linear experience, but like the overworld exploration was very focused. Like it was, uh, it wasn't like an open area. It was more like a, a series of, uh, of hallways. Yeah. I do. I do remember that because I, I didn't really play much of it myself, but I watched Matt play a little bit more of it and it did seem very, um, confined. Yeah. It was about getting to the combat and then, yeah. Um, the combat was also like very XCOM in the sense that it was very turn-based, very grid action-based. Which that's how Rabbids is, right? Uh, Rabbids is its own game. Rabbids is its own game, but Rabbids were like, I'm trying to remember, like Rabbids were introduced in the Wii era and it was like, I think a mini game collection for Rayman. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought that Rabbids was the the strategy no, title. I, I, they just kind of like they threw just it all together. them together yeah. and made this whole new thing. <laughs> it is so new and, and fresh. Yeah. And I think and I think that's where um, Sparks of Hope really shines in that they they upped the exploration. So as you're the first area, it's a it's a it's a large open area. You're walking around with your heroes. You're not confined to these like nicely decorated hallways. Um, and they've kind of taken the combat uh out of like i think the first one like you would come to a combat arena and you would fight and you could see the combat coming from a mile away because like oh there's that there's what appears to be an arena set up ahead i wonder if we're gonna you know battle um in this one like you can see the combat coming a mile away because like the enemies are on screen sort of running around and you have to engage them to fight them um and you can do the really cool thing i love about um you know, the Paper Mario uh, series where you can you can do an action prompt to get a uh, a boost in combat. So yeah. in this case, you could do a slide as your your lead character to do a little extra damage before the battle starts. And um, the game loads into a battle sequence. So the battle sequence sort of take place in this like side dimension. There's some sort of like ooze issue happening um, in the world where uh, like... There's just some ooze hanging around. The story is like very, <laughs> there's a bad guy. The bad guy, I think his name is, uh, Cursa. Uzi. Uzi, Uzi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bad guy. Um, and, uh, Cursa is like, I think trying to take over the galaxy probably. And <laughs> I swear I was paying attention. Uh, Rosalina is involved somehow, but, but she hasn't shown up yet. Uh, cause the sparks are like the sparks from Mario Galaxy. Oh yeah. From Galaxy. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's, there's some problems going on in the galaxy and, and us as Mario and, and the rabbits, uh, are, are going to solve it. And, uh, we have a, a ship now so we can fly around in space. Um, and all the rabbits talk now. So they, they gave voices to the rabbits. They don't just have, I mean, they still scream. Don't get me wrong. There's some randomized rabbits that scream like, but it's like, screaming with a purpose now <laughs> uh well maybe i guess like <laughs> it's like the, the the mario rabbits the ones that look like mario and luigi and peach uh they have voices they they can talk and have lines of of dialogue um but the regular rabbits they still scream at each other for for conversation <laughs> uh which is 
the kids discovered uh, there's like a Rabbids cartoon on Netflix and the kids started watching it. And uh, I bet you, I'll give you three guesses, the first two don't count, as to what they did after watching that uh, that Netflix series. Scream at each other. Yes, they ran around <laughs> screaming at each other. And uh, I think I, I, I still need to figure out how to like block <laughs> shows on Netflix. But <laughs> block titles on Netflix. Like, how do I get rid of this? It only lasted for like an hour or so. It wasn't wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> but have they watched episode two yet? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I got to remove it from their continue watching so it gets buried under, you know, new. I You know, what? Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, Netflix also has that new Sonic show. And uh, I think yeah. they've watched the eight episodes that premiered like multiple times. So and there's no reviews. screaming in Sonic. <laughs> there's no there's no screaming in Sonic. They cannot just like space. They cannot hear you screaming when you're watching a Netflix sonic show so <laughs> but they will when we do an audio commentary for sonic 2 i'm sure uh <laughs> so yeah so the big thing is uh with mario plus rabbits they've improved upon the exploration um it's much more open there's uh different puzzles you're solving and uh, they're kind of reminded me of um that addition they put onto super mario world 3d the the giant bowser uh that would show up and and it was kind of that open area and you had like a bunch of different like quests that would pop up that you could do on the mini map it's like that where i think it was called bowser's fury that mode and in mario plus rabbit sparks of hope you come into this area and there's this map you can pull up and it has these little like dots on the map that you can go do and earn coin uh, specific challenge coins that then allow you to unlock uh progression in the story and other you know weapon types and stuff like that so it's very open-ended like you can do every quest every side quest and every main quest and then move on or you can just do the main quest and a couple side quests and and, and go on to the next area like it's very open and and you can come back too you don't have to finish it all in one go and um the other thing they changed about the combat is it's it's freedom of movement now so it's not um it's still turn-based but like instead of having like a grid-based uh, combat system. Yeah, there were, like, spaces before that you had to, like, stay within. And you yeah. had, like, a certain number of movements, right? Or, like, a certain number of steps. Exactly. So in this one, like, each character has a, a movement radius. And uh, they've they've upped the amount of things you can do with, that, with each character on your turn. So each character gets two action points. And you can use them to uh do one of three uh moves so you have your your basic shooting mechanic which you go behind cover and you shoot and then after you shoot you can't move after that so you can move you can queue up a shot um there's like a special skill and then like a uh a power shot that you build up over time so those are your three type of of action moves and then you also have um two movement moves where you can uh, do that slide kick we talked about mm -hmm. uh and you can do um, a team up jump. So you can basically like, and that allows you to like jump up in the air off of another character and get you further into the map. And then if you kind of, you can queue that up. So like say um, there's a bomb across the map, like further down the map, you can't reach it with your Luigi character. But if you have Luigi jump with Mar jump off of Mario and then kind of like slowly make his way over to the bomb, you can then get to the bomb, slide into it, pick it up, throw the bomb even further into the map, taking out more enemies, and you haven't even fired a shot. And it just feels more fluid. 
it feels faster. Because that was the reason I kind of fell off the first Mario Plus Rabbids, is that the combat, like most turn-based combat, can get a bit slow after you've done like a bunch of combat missions. And, uh, you know, not even, I guess not even Mario could save that for me, but uh, with Sparks of Hope, it's it's just much more faster, it's fluid, and I love the different um, mechanics you have in place where you can, again, like, it's just more there's more freedom in your movement as you're moving around the map and stuff. So it's, it's much more rewarding to make your way through the combat. And um, yeah, those were the two biggest changes. And I think it, it makes the game much better than like a really good sequel uh, and really good follow-up too. So uh, it doesn't help that the game is like, (laughs) it came out in October and I think it was down to half price by Christmas so really yeah it it really dove down which is surprising because it was well received but it is an ubisoft game and they do like to to discount their titles um after release but yeah i was really surprised to see it like down to 50 percent um by christmas seems excessive (laughs) over just a couple months yeah yeah for sure so i mean uh keep that in mind when you're looking for you know if you want to pick this one up i I would imagine it's going to go on sale again uh since it already has so yeah but it's a it's a worthy sequel they've they've really they really uh tightened up the the spots that were an issue for me with the first one and um yeah and and you'd think like giving voice to all the rabbits would be annoying but like it's used sparingly like that's good it's not as uh it's not that bad like i think it's just like accent lines for all the rabbits they just have their own voice with those accent lines and then you can read the rest of the text um, but the main robot talks and, uh, and, and all of his, all the voice lines for the robot and the AI are, are, are voiced and, and it's pretty good. Like it helps, it, it keeps the, keeps the flow of the game moving. Uh, you still have to read a lot of course, cause like, you know, um, like I said, it's accent lines. None for of the Mario else. characters are voiced, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Mario certainly isn't, uh, but, uh, I'm trying to think of like, I think Mario and Luigi don't talk. But Peach does probably. I think she she has some <laughs> lines. But again, like accent lines of like the first few words, and then the rest is the rest you have to read. But but it's well written too. So like I, I didn't have any issues there as well. But it's uh, like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's it's really cool to explore. The music's great once again. So yeah, highly recommend that one. Worth checking out. Yeah yeah for sure. I wanted to say a special thank you to Will for being our January patron. If you would like your name here, then head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We're doing a game club that's starting this week, Sunday, January 15th. We're going to be talking all about Portal. Uh, There's no milestone or anything for this one. It's just straight up Portal because Portal is very short. (laughs) So we'll be talking about the entirety of Portal and then uh, moving on to Portal 2 in subsequent weeks. So uh, if you have played Portal, haven't played it in a while, want to check it out again, just want to talk about cake, we'll be doing that on Sunday, January 15th in the Discord. So go and check it out. And uh, as we said off the top of the show, thank you guys so much for all of your support for Extra Life in 2022. Um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Extra Life for like eight huh. months. We'll take a break. <laughs> yeah, we will see you at the end of August. <laughs> but thank you guys again uh, so much for all of your support. That brings us to the news this week. We have a couple of short stories before we get into our game preview. Uh, Nintendo is reportedly has or did cancel a Switch 
pro in favor of working on the Switch 2. So they were rumored to have been doing like one of those like 0.5 gen things that we've seen out of other companies and decided instead to just work on the successor to the Switch. And uh, I think like I was kind of hoping that we'd have actual official news from Nintendo by now about what was coming hardware wise, because like I really noticed and we're going to talk about this in Game Club, but I noticed when I picked up the Portal bundle and Portal itself, like when it came out way back in the day, had loading times and whatever when you were near the, in the elevator in between levels. That's fine. But I was surprised that the Switch, because that's where I was playing Portal, and I'm actually going to play Portal 2 on PC because I can't handle <laughs> playing it on the Switch. Um, <laughs> like, I was really surprised that, like, there were still those crazy long load times, given the fact that the Switch is, like, new, the, well, Nintendo's newest hardware, right? Um, so, like, they really need some sort of a power bump just because they're so far behind current gen consoles like when it came out the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox that were out at the time it was already behind like that was that was the gen current to the Switch right and it was already behind them like and and this and Nintendo's never going to compete in terms of like raw power of their system but still they should at least not be a hurdle for devs like having to lower their game requirements in order to be on the platform you know like they they have to keep up at least a little bit <laughs> and they're now kind of like two generations behind if you want to look at it that way um like in terms of power level against uh the Microsoft and Sony so they need to put something out that is an upgrade to the Switch. And I really hope that they basically just do exactly what Xbox and PlayStation do. Like Xbox and PlayStation don't reinvent the wheel every generation. They just make what they already do more powerful. And I think that Nintendo has really landed on hardware that works. It's got it, their motion control gimmick. It's got the portability gimmick that actually worked out really well for them. Like, I think they finally landed on a system that is uniquely Nintendo and that works really well for gaming. And I don't think they need to iterate too much more. I just want it to be more powerful so that devs making current gen stuff can throw it on switch too, like on the switch as well, which mm -hmm. might be called switch too. Yeah. Okay. Super switch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like this story was really interesting because, uh, the main you're right the main reason people wanted a switch pro is because nintendo is prone to uh create a whole new console um they you know with the gamecube since the gamecube they've gone to the wii to the wii u to the switch which are three distinctly different consoles you know uh, yeah. borrowing some from others and certainly bringing things forward obviously that i don't think the switch would have existed without the wii u um yeah but the switch feels like a culmination of all the stuff they wanted yes. to do right like they exactly. they wanted the the handheld screen from the wii u they liked the motion control of the wii like they liked the some of the more like serious titles and stuff out of the gamecube like i think that they like they ticked boxes from each of the previous generations but i think they've arrived in a really good place and I don't want to see them kind of abandon some of the stuff that they've done on Switch. 
because I think it's good hardware. I mean, like before the switch, like, I mean, if you guys go back into episodes of Gamers in like 200 episodes ago or more, like you can hear me saying like Nintendo is dead. Their hardware is garbage. They should stop making hardware. They should just make games because like the Wii U was so bad and the Wii was underpowered compared to its competitors. So it's like, just give it up and make a gajillion dollars by putting Zelda on everything. Um, and I think like I was very happy to be proven wrong with the switch like there the, it, it works really well. I enjoy it in both like docked and um, like portable modes like I, I didn't think I was going to use it, but I ended up using it in both ways. Like I think they've really landed on some good hardware and they made some good choices. So I just want to see it able to run like they seem to be um, like getting more third party stuff. And that won't continue if their hardware doesn't keep up, just like power wise, or at least like it doesn't have to compete. It just has to not fall behind. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 right, and I think that, um, it, like if you look at what people wanted with the Switch Pro, they just wanted a continuation of what we have exactly now, except stronger hardware. Yeah, which is exactly what you're saying. Well, it's just because like devs devs talk all the time. And we saw it even with like cyberpunk, like trying to support too far back causes all kinds of issues for them. So it's like you want your platform to be like a to be desirable, right? You don't want to be a detriment to a dev team. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you will see less third party stuff coming to Nintendo's uh, Switch console just based on the fact that the the current generation of consoles are so far ahead. You already you've already seen that uh just in this past couple of years. You know, the second the PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles were released, you saw less and less third-party support. Now that being said, my still my main draw to the Switch and Nintendo stuff has always been Nintendo games. And that's been my Yeah, their first-party stuff for sure. It's been the argument, right? Like it's 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 first party, and then occasionally you get some really fun third party stuff, like Mario Plus Rabbids and other other experiences. Like I'm 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 blanking. I know on that now. that's right. Uh, that's what's on your mind right now. But yeah. <laughs> well, like I mean, so for example, like we've got a couple of things we're going to talk about in a minute, like Hades Two and Hollow Knight. Like those are two titles that I think would fit really well on the Switch, mm-hmm. but maybe they're you know too far advanced for the switch at this point like the switch is an old console and it wasn't like cutting edge when it came out (laughs) so you know like we might be getting into uh, like getting to a point now where there are you know whether they're they're indie titles or whatever but there are third-party titles that would fit really well on the switch but the hardware just isn't keeping up and so devs if they're trying to target you know, current gen consoles on Xbox, PlayStation, if they're trying to target PC, like they're not going to underbuild to make sure that they hit the switch necessarily. Right. Like no. they're going to try to make the best game they possibly can and and push the envelope. And and I think it's up to Nintendo to keep up. Uh, yeah, 100 percent. And I think Nintendo knows that. I think Nintendo obviously has been. There's been this shift of of them listening to their partners, and I think that there was less of that. I mean, they suffered through the Wii U just like we did, and I think that this Forbes article that we'll link to in the show notes talks about that in the sense that Nintendo is very adamant about not repeating the 
you know, transition of the Wii to the Wii U in having like a massive success. Although I will argue that the Wii really did, you know, kind of not necessarily trip at the finish line, but it was a, it was like, it did not, it was not as strong at the end as it was at the start, you know? Um, and the Wii U, we all know was, was disastrous, but, uh, I think if they can, like this article says, avoid, you know, over Nintendoing it, um, (laughs) I, I think there's a like, and this is the other thing too, like, you know, Nintendo had multiple internal development studios that were working on handheld experiences and um, console experiences, and they've done the work over the course of the Switch and the Wii U to kind of bring those teams together to work on just games that work both on, on handheld and console, because they have the, the Switch mechanic of being portable or docked. So like, it... I don't see the second switch or the follow-up to the switch, you know, moving away from that because that would be, that'd be a lot of work for Nintendo to suddenly be like, yeah, we're going back to the, you know, separate portable and console systems. Like I think the switch concept is here to stay. Do they call it the switch Two? do they call it like something else, but it keeps like the switch functionality. Functionality. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's probably a likely scenario. They'll probably call it something different because Nintendo likes to do that. Uh, I don't think they'll, if they're going to avoid anything about the Wii U, I think they're going to avoid like doing like the Switch U or something. I was going to say, yeah, what if it's the Switch U? <laughs> they're going to they're going to call it something I think completely different. I don't think it'll be called the Switch 2. Although honestly, like I joked at the beginning of this this topic, I would love it to be the Super Switch. I think that would be such a fun throwback <laughs> to the Super They already did it with the Super Nintendo, yeah, you yeah. know. So, uh I hope that's what they do. I know it's an obvious choice and Nintendo is not a big fan of uh of going with the obvious choice and <laughs> staring them in the face but uh i don't think they'll call it the switch 2 either i think it'll they'll go with the nintendo name of some kind we'll see yeah i just really hope that we we get news about it soon because it, it just feels like you know with every month that goes by i mean we're already seeing you know talk and rumors about like the 0.5 gen about xbox and playstation right so like <laughs> so as soon sad. As the- well, but it like it's coming, right? So, I know. Like, <laughs> but it's and, like, and uh, you know, we've already had a couple of years now, which it doesn't really feel like that because of all the supply issues and everything else, right? But like, we've had a couple of years of these systems already, so it's, it's kind of the time in the cycle for those, you know, point five conversations to start and the announcements to come in the next probably six months to a year. And you know, Nintendo, I think, really needs to to kind of get ahead of that and and make sure that everyone knows what they've got going on, what they're aiming for, uh, power level wise, and and everything else. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I hope we hear something soon, but uh, that is. The rumor, anyways, is that they they decided against going with a 0.5 version and then going with a full upgrade to a new system. So we'll have to see what we hear from Nintendo. Hopefully, cross your fingers very soon. Uh, you've got something in here about Project Leonardo. I didn't actually see this. What is it? What is this about? Uh, Sony had a, a CES conference and they announced a couple things. It was very VR focused, but there was one. Uh, announcement that was Project Leonardo. And um, you may remember from a few years ago, Xbox announced their uh, uh, accessible controller, um, which I think had a uh, had a had a name to it. But I think it might have just been their their accessible controller. The adaptive controller. The adaptive Sorry, controller. Just, yeah. yeah, and that's it. And uh, but anyways, this is the this is Sony's um, sort of addressing 
you know that that need for for an adaptive controller for their for their platform even though like the xbox controller was very open and you could kind of plug it into anything and i i don't actually know if it would work with with sony but uh with the playstation 5 but it's really it's really nice to see that playstation has also uh developed their you know highly accessible and customizable controller and and it has the same features of like you know buttons you can swap out um you know, extra ports like 3.5 millimeter, uh, you know, uh, jacks so that you can plug in accessories and stuff. So it's very adaptable and allows uh, for two of these controllers to be synced up with a dual sense. So it allows you to kind of, you know, build the system that you need and um, yeah, developed uh, alongside, uh, you know, organizations like Able Gamers, Special Effect and, and Stack Up. And they've, uh, it's really nice to see that that uh, Sony has joined Xbox in, in making, you know, an adaptive controller. Cause I, I think it's really important. And we've seen like mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, work done to make games much more accessible. Well, yeah, we talked about with the, the game awards this year, having their accessibility award and, you know, God of War Ragnarok was one of the ones that I, I thought really was deserving of that award because of all of the different things that they thought of in order to make their game available to everybody. So, I mean, it's definitely a kind of like a hot topic in gaming right now and, and something that's really important. So uh, I'm glad that PlayStation is now kind of um, I mean, they're obviously playing catch up, but at least they're here now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think like obviously it can be said that they were they're following in in Microsoft's footsteps and but that's important someone's got to go first and i think it's important for you know um the other very large uh you know console develop the well the number one console developer i think that's out there i think sony is mm-hmm. is number one and it's good to see them them playing catch up and and offering this and working with the same organizations that microsoft worked with and and developing a, a truly accessible controller so um no announcement on like a release date it's just that it's uh it's coming soon it's in the works yeah it's in the works but i mean there are plenty of images uh in the uh, playstation blog that'll showcase the controller and yeah uh it's really i think it's really really good news so we'll see when this launches and how much it costs but uh, i think i don't even think they had a year that they were aiming for but i would guess considering that the, the controller is here and in, in in these images it's probably this year i would think so. yeah it's probably pretty close to launch i would think because these aren't like concept drawings this is like the controller prototype. yeah the yeah. controller all right ryan are you ready to get into our 2023 game preview talk about everything you're excited about yeah 2023 we're here let's let's talk about the video games coming soon Honestly, like I was a little bit surprised. So we we both worked from the same article. So um, Polygon put out an article of the 50 new video games coming to uh, the well coming out in 2023. And uh, we kind of both like went through it and made a list. And then I was like, OK, I'm just going to like highlight the ones that are the same. So I, I know. And I was like, oh, my God, we only picked three of the same titles and <laughs> Everything else on our list of things we're looking forward to is different, which was just wild to me. <laughs> like, I feel like a, we usually have fairly similar tastes, <laughs> but uh, we're all over the map this year. So, um, Brian, why don't you kick it off? 
Sure. Well, you know, it's funny um, when I was kind of looking at this list, there's the first game that I'll talk about is coming out in, in just 10 days. And I was like, did it wasn't even in the article? Because if it wasn't in the article, I could see missing it. But it was. It's Fire Emblem Engage, a brand new Fire Emblem game. It's out in 10 days, which is crazy that it's already going to be out in 10 days. But I'm I'm really excited for a new Fire Emblem game, especially since they are incorporating um characters from previous games so the the whole concept is that you can summon not summon but you can uh engage with uh like literally <laughs> like you put on the ring and then like hi i'm here um so they uh they show up in your game and it's it's specific main characters from previous titles uh all the way back to the nes when um which which didn't come out stateside so uh they're going to be characters that were that we may be meeting for the first time uh if if you hadn't played fire emblem heroes so I'm excited for that one. And, and you know, by all looks and watching Digital Foundry videos, it sounds like uh, and it looks like they've really um, they've done a lot of work on the engine side to make this one run a lot smoother. It looks, it, you know, the graphics look a lot um, crisper and, and more, you know, less dull. Like, I think that was the big issue with Three Houses, like uh, amazing story, awesome characters, great gameplay. But like some of the graphics were, you know, very, uh, they were kind of dull, you know? And, and so I think they've really taken that criticism to heart and, and really, uh, have, have, uh, have done a lot of work here with Fire Emblem Engage. So I'll be, that's what I'll be talking about very soon in just a couple episodes. So I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah. When one. you, when you said that the, the first one you were going to talk about was coming out in 10 days, I was like, Diablo comes out in 10 days. What? No, <laughs> no, no. that's June. <laughs> yeah, June is not in 10 days. Although yeah, you, you know, threw me off. I'm not going in order, man. <laughs> that's well, that, and that's just it. I, I threw myself off because I thought I forgot it, but no, it's just further down. This is not a chronological list. No, but for some reason, I I wanted to talk about the one that comes out in ten days because it's just so crazy that we're starting already with with new games. Ten days, so yeah. There's actually one on my list too called Forspoken that comes out in uh, just a couple of weeks as well, and it's like. This is one that wasn't really on my radar in terms of like big announcements or reveals or anything, but um, it is coming out on PC and I just got a new one of those for Christmas. So I'm kind of looking for stuff that might push it a little bit and uh, Forspoken looks like it's it looks really cool. So it's developed by Final Fantasy 15 devs or a former Final Fantasy 15 devs. Um, and like, it's just, it has that kind of like final fantasy vibe to it. And it looks like it has like a lot of particle effects and really interesting character design and stuff. So I'm pretty sure this is going to push my PC. So I'm going to try it. Um, it doesn't come out on game pass or anything. I'm going to have to buy it, <laughs> but, uh, it's got a female protagonist and she's like, it says that she like navigates the open world with magic parkour. And I'm like, Okay, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Ryan, you actually, you played a demo of that, right? Yeah, there's a demo on PlayStation. And um, I, I think a lot of folks were making fun of the game for, uh, I think one of the lines is like, and I guess I can do magic now. So, um, <laughs> which is true. She, The main character she can, can do magic. She can do magic now. <laughs> she can. And there's there's other witty dialogue like that that you'll experience in the demo. I, I, the combat <laughs> didn't really resonate with me, but, um, you know, from the, from the core purpose of like having a new game to throw out your new computer, it, it will definitely um, put your new PC through its, through its paces as well. So I like it. 
from that purpose alone, um, I think it'll work. And and the you know the the fantasy medieval setting um, is also really cool. It's like that fish out of water thing where the character has been transported to this this realm of magic and dragons and. And I mean, like, how else are you going to react? You know, like, that's a dragon yeah. shit, you know, like it, it, the game is is fairly realistic in, in that regard, I think. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, there is a demo. I, I think it, it'd be it's worth checking out. Maybe I didn't give it enough time. I was just kind of trying it to. Uh, well, I'll let you know. I mean, maybe it's going to be total shit and I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll save you the whatever $90 plus tax I think I saw on Steam that it costs you. But uh yeah, it's, yeah, maybe I'll try that PlayStation demo first and just make sure that it's something that's kind of up my alley. I definitely. mean, generally, I like fantasy motifs, but, you know, I don't want to spend $90 trying to figure that out. Um, but anyways, it's uh, it was on my radar, mostly if for no other reason other than it just releases in January and January is often a, kind of a quiet month. So uh, just to have something to to kind of play right now. Is definitely on my list. Um, I do still have a couple things from 2022 that I want to play as well. There's that um, high on life game, which is like from the creators of Rick and Morty or whatever. Um, so I want to give that one a try because that one apparently is really good. And like the guns aren't as annoying as I was worried they were going to be. And then also Pentiment came out and I totally missed it. Like it was on my download this as soon as it's available list on on xbox and then i just totally forgot to actually play it so i have a couple of things to play in january so i'm not leaning too hard into uh forespoken but uh still something that i i think might be worth checking out um and speaking of uh the final fantasy 15 devs i wasn't really into final fantasy 15 but final fantasy 16 looks really fun cool <laughs> so i'm gonna give that a shot because i did really enjoy final fantasy 14 the the time that i played in the mmo and obviously 16 is not another mmo but um it is another entry into the final fantasy series and it's really interesting to me that like just the way they do final fantasy where it's like a different story but there's like a lot of the same characters and you don't have to play the previous one like it's like they take the core stuff and then reimagine it every time. And 16 just looks really cool. Yeah. From what I've seen of it, it, it you're right. It does look very cool. Um, I think it's coming out in June when there's like a bunch of stuff coming out in June. And uh, I don't know. I didn't put it on my yeah, list, it's but at the yeah. end of June, it's yeah. June 22nd. And see, but the thing is, so like we talked briefly touched on Diablo four coming out, um, which is another June title. And uh, like, I'm not going to play Diablo 4. So I like, I mean, I, I did the demo at BlizzCon, you know, back when we actually went places in person. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, as someone who doesn't play a ton of Diablo, couldn't tell the difference between three and four. I was like, this feels exactly like what I've already been playing and I haven't been playing it at all. So and I know that like some people freaking love Diablo and they, you know, do the seasons every month or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I know seasons. it's that it yeah, it's a it's a thing that people enjoy and I'm glad that it exists for the people that enjoy it. I have zero interest. So like I'll play Final Fantasy while you play Diablo. <laughs> and that'll be June. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh I like I'm looking forward to Diablo 4. I'm excited to play it. I've always kind of played Diablo games. I guess uh Diablo 3 was the first big one. Uh, for me, I never, I never really played one and two, although I, I had, uh, 
I had a cousin that was very into one and two, and he would always he would always talk very highly of those games. Uh, but it was before I had a PC really to play games. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm excited about to see what Diablo four can offer. And I think what they're talking about with what they're going to be offering with Diablo four, it sounds like they've, they're really um, like the gameplay they're, they're going back to, they're keeping the Diablo gameplay that you know and love, but like some of the systems they're putting in there sound really interesting. And the character customization, as long as they don't go too far down the immortals path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, it, it sounds like there's a battle pass that you'll be able to buy every, you know, two or three months. And I, I have no interest in that. I mean, honestly, like, you know, truth be told, I think it's one of those games that I'm excited to play when it when or if it comes to Game Pass. Like, I'll check it out once it comes on Game Pass, because the idea <laughs> being that, you know, um, the, the merger is aiming for a June completion. And I assume once the ink dries or it gets approved, um, all of the Blizzard then Diablo games will be there. Or yeah, probably a lot of Blizzard titles will yeah. be available through Xbox for sure. Yeah. And, and, and again, like if that doesn't happen right away, like Diablo four might be, might miss that, that mark and I'll end up buying it to, to play with other, with other folks. Like I know a lot of people in the community, a lot of friends are interested in it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I might pick it up, but I think I'm I'm excited to to see what uh, people can what what Blizzard will do with that franchise after, you know, Diablo three was kind of weird, like everyone loved it. But also, like, as soon as it kind of faded away, they they, they kind of hated it. It was weird, like the game it Diablo three had a very interesting history where it was like really good, but that was really bad. And then they did one expansion. And everyone was super stoked, but Blizzard wasn't. So it'll be really <laughs> interested to see what they do with with Diablo Four and how it's received. Um, but yeah, Diablo Immortal does not does not uh, it does not bring hope to that game. I think so. We'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll have to see. Yeah. Um, and you have a Final Fantasy title on your list too, but it's not the new stuff. It's the old or it's the it's the new, the old, new stuff. old stuff or the yeah. old new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for the new old that's now new but was old. And um, <laughs> so, you know, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was a remake. But at the end, it's like, but what if it wasn't a remake? And some, if not all, the characters were aware of what was happening. And then they made a conscious effort to, like, change things. So the next one coming out, and this is just my understanding, is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth which will be a continuation of the end of remake, but is not a remake of Final Fantasy VII. So the chances of anything happening in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that happened in Final Fantasy VII is probably unlikely, which would explain more why they spent so much time in like the first chunk of Final Fantasy VII in that first part of the remake. Because going in, everyone thought they are going to remake Final Fantasy VII. For some reason, it's going to take three games because that was the original and sort like of pitch 20 years <laughs> yeah and 20 years but clearly what they were doing was they were they were saying okay we'll remake it but we're gonna remake a portion of the game we're gonna tell the story we want to tell yeah and then we're gonna branch it off it'll be a, yeah. an alternate timeline you know uh you know multiverse uh sort which is of gonna be really interesting to see how it's ultimately received when you know kind of original fan understanding was that they were getting a re like just a remake mm -hmm. of 
the much beloved or most uh, I I'm not too in touch with or plugged into Final Fantasy fandom, but as far as I understand, Final Fantasy seven is like the epitome of Final Fantasy. Like that's what everybody loves. Like if you're a fan of all of the franchises, it's probably your favorite game. Again, like I know there's probably outliers, but in general, that's the vibe I get from Final Fantasy players is that seven was like the pinnacle. Not to say there haven't been good things that have come after, but it was the best. And so when you say you're going to remake Final Fantasy VII and everyone goes, oh my God, this is amazing. Like we saw people even being upset that the combat changed, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't, you know, 100% loyal to the original. So I'm really interested to see how this whole, you know, because it's one thing to introduce the concept of like a multiverse alternate you know, reality, whatever you want to call it. And it's a whole other thing to then like put out the second part of the story, right? (laughs) So now that they're going to like elaborate on that concept, I'm interested to see what the kind of fan reaction is. Yeah. Yeah, I think this this approach allows them to bring the characters we know and love, bring them into this new generation of consoles, uh, keep the same world, but also play around with it. Like I think the... There are some characters that weren't present in the original Final Fantasy VII that they've brought back into this remake for, again, multiverse reasons. I I don't know. But I mean, like, I think there's there's a lot in those games for for everyone, whether you're a fan of Final Fantasy VII or like me, you just know it in in passing because it is such a huge phenomenon. Um, And and uh, yeah, so it's coming. I think it's aiming for winter. Uh, yeah, so this that one might not actually end up happening in 2023. Like, hopefully. Hopefully. But, uh, it might slip. Yeah. It, it, I think they're targeting winter 2023, but again, like, as you said, that that could include the now, like January, February yeah. range. So, um, and, you know, uh, with Forspoken being a, a good example, uh, Square Enix is not afraid to launch games in January. So yeah. um, <laughs> it could get delayed a little bit. But yeah, it, it, it's targeting 2023, late 2023, so. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of um, I really have no segue from from that into anything else. But uh, I guess. Uh, well, I guess uh, speaking of remakes, there it is. Found yeah, you it. did it. Uh, so one of the ones that I really enjoyed recently was the remake of Alan Wake. That was a title that I totally missed out on when it first came out. And didn't really know, didn't really understand what it was. And then when I actually got into it. It was this like supernatural mystery thing you had to solve. And it was so good. I freaking loved it. And so Alan Wake 2 is coming out in 2023. And I mean, especially after playing through Control as well, um, which is in the same universe or takes place in the same universe as Alan Wake. um, I'm like really excited to see where the story of Alan Wake goes and where like the kind of broadening and continuation of that world building in that universe that we saw with control like i'm excited for all of that stuff but this iteration of alan wake is survival horror instead of like action adventure horror and i'm not sure if i'm gonna love that because that's much more in the vein of like outlast and resident evils and you know like i just i feel like it's going to take the horror aspect of alan wake into maybe a place that 
I'm not going to be able to enjoy as much, if that makes sense. Because, like, my big problem with horror games, survival horror games, is always that, like, I can watch horror movies, I can watch psychological horror movies, everything else, but as soon as I have to be the one controlling the character and taking the step, like, I just can't do it. It takes me forever to play through games if I even make it. Um, there are so many games that I have just, like, bounced off of because I just can't bring myself to like have that experience and i'm so worried that alan wake 2 is gonna be that but i'm still excited about it and it's on my like anticipated games but, like i might end up having to just watch somebody else play it <laughs> yeah no i i feel you i i think that um you know developers specifically leading into the like it, it being a a horror game um and we haven't seen gameplay i think we've just seen an introduction to like the, exactly uh, yeah so that 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 usually is a big one for me, because, again, like if it's just the story is the more of the focus for for horror and the gameplay is just like if they continue with the Alan Wake gameplay we got in in the original Alan Wake. Well, yeah, like and so that's the thing, like I don't think that they're going to because like they've described them as two different genres. Like they've mm -hmm. said, like the original it was like action adventure. This one is survival horror. Those are different. So like, I don't think like there were definitely scary parts of Alan Wake, but it's not and there were like a scary themes and things, but it wasn't a survival horror. Like that's a different thing, right? Like that's a everything around you is going to murder you. You don't have any weapons. You can't fight back. All you have to do is hide. Like, that's what I think of when I think of survival horror. And that's not what I'm down for. <laughs> Yeah. Although no. I guess Resident Evil, like the earlier Resident Evil, like you do have a gun and stuff. So maybe there will be some fighting back happening. But like, I think yeah. of, I, like Amnesia is another one that like pops into my head when I think of that genre. Like, I don't know. I just, it gives like, ugh, it shivers up my spine just like thinking about it. And I just, it's not my jam. But, you know. Yeah. Well, that's We the shall thing. see. Because yeah. you're right. We haven't seen gameplay yet. So I might be like getting upset and worried <laughs> way too far out like maybe it will be closer to original alan wake but um yeah we'll have to see um but i and i mentioned a couple of others earlier on that are on your list ryan not on my list only because i haven't played the originals so hades 2 and hollow knight are two that like i think belong on most anticipated lists for sure because i have so many friends that are very stoked like hat who was on uh, talking about um Ragnarok. <laughs> I have Assassin's Creed in my head, so I said Valhalla when I meant Ragnarok. But um, yeah, like he's very excited about Hades too. And I know I have another friend um, who I played Dead by Daylight with who is obsessed with Hollow Knight. Uh, so he's really excited for Silk Song. Like I know there's a lot of excitement around these two titles, but I haven't played the originals. I bought Hades over Christmas and haven't had a chance to play yet, but I am going to play. So it might move up my list. Yeah, no, Hades is uh so the original Hades is obviously like this beloved uh roguelike experience roguelike, I don't know, experience and uh it's it, like I think the sequel and, and this is the big the big caveat here is like this is the early access launch that will come in 2023. The game is likely not to launch 1.0 this year. Um but similar to Hades, Hades had a really cool early access launch um and was heavily supported and the communication that they had throughout development was was top notch. So I'm I'm excited to see how Supergiant handles um the early access phase of, of Hades 2 and and um hopefully it won't be epic exclusive like it was previous. There's no news on any of that just yet, but we should have it uh very soon. But um 
I know Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight was this beloved franchise, and and or not franchise, but one game that came out, and I have not, I had not played it until last year when I finally was like, okay, let's see what everyone's talking about here, because I had bounced off it a few <laughs> times, and and I and I finished it. I completed like the the whole story. Um, I did not hundred percent it because that there's a lot of challenging stuff in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am very much looking forward to Silk Song uh, as the as the follow up to Hollow Knight, and I only had to wait one year. Everyone else had to wait like twenty. So, um, <laughs> I think it's actually more like five. But still, yeah. it's a long time to wait. <laughs> it for, is a long for time. Follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll be playing that one uh, when it comes out this year, supposedly before June, if yeah, if Microsoft is to be believed so we have a couple of other follow-ups too um and two these two are actually on both of our lists so spider-man 2 and uh breath of the wild or i guess uh legend of zelda tears of the kingdom uh both follow-ups to stuff that we really enjoyed from a few years ago um spider-man 2 you played miles morales i didn't but spider-man 2 is going to be like a full-on new spider-man experience like miles morales was kind of like technically ended up a standalone game, but was a smaller experience than the original Spider-Man. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. I I would describe it as like an expansion, like a standalone expansion. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily want to say expansion because you didn't have to have original Spider-Man to play Miles Morales. Right. But um, yeah, still in that vein (laughs) of, of expansion versus like full on sequel. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I'm looking forward to another larger Spider-Man experience. And I think maybe I'll play Miles Morales in the interim just to kind of like tide me over. But, um, Spider-Man was just such a fun title and like traversing the city was so much fun. And like, I don't think they could have done that any better. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a highlight of the game. Yeah perfect in that in that first spider-man and and miles morales is like i think it's it's perfect to wait and play that one like oh we have a release date late fall 2022 is what they're aiming for i'm gonna play this one in august 2023 2023 thank you i did it i made fun of people for for for, i guess i don't i don't write down the year and i said i was bragging like oh no i never make that mistake because i don't really write the year down very much and and uh but no i do four podcasts and this is uh the first one where i've said 20 22 so it's okay you're forgiven <laughs> thank you but i, but I do it yeah, again they are aiming for falls so <laughs> yes so that's exciting um i mean like uh i don't know when this next one's coming out but uh nintendo has like two games that they've announced for um for 2023 uh and one of those is pikmin 4 i'm excited for pikmin 4 because i like pikmin um and that's pretty much all I have to say about it. It's supposed to be coming out in 2023. <laughs> I'm excited for more Nintendo games. Pikmin 4 sounds awesome. Uh, they're switching it up and doing like a third, more of like a third, like a, a quarter camera view as opposed to the top town uh, view that you get. So they're changing it up a little bit, but it's still like cute Pikmin that you're throwing at enemies and <laughs> stuff. can't really go wrong with that concept, right? So <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, uh, I love Pikmin. So more of that, please. Yeah, and then, uh, so as I mentioned, Breath of the Wild 2 slash Tears of the Kingdom, which is the name that we got near the end of 2022 for the sequel, uh, that is coming out as well. Um, I might actually go back and replay Breath of the Wild. You guys know it wasn't my absolute favorite of all time Zelda title, but that doesn't mean it was a bad game, so I might give it another shot because uh, I only ever played through it once. 
Uh, so I feel like it's kind of a good time to revisit it. And I've also seen rumors. And so this is it kind of goes back to our Nintendo discussion from before. Like, so the OLED version didn't actually like upgrade the power of the system. It's just a better screen. Uh, but there's rumors of a collector's edition version. <laughs> so if that comes out, you guys know I love some Zelda like theming. So I'm definitely going to buy that because I don't have I have like still my OG day one launch version of my Switch. So, yeah, you and I are in the same boat. It is tempting to look at the OLED, uh, but I th- I think uh, in, in lieu of like a, a Switch Pro, which is not happening as we talked about, or, yeah, or in this yeah. case, a Switch 2, I think the Steam Deck is probably uh, uh, put me off buying. Not I enjoy my Steam Deck, but I've just I've invested so much into it that I, I probably shouldn't buy another very expensive handheld. Yeah, <laughs> um, especially when the Switch uh, original is is still kicking. Although the fan on that thing is sometimes it sometimes struggles. It sounds like it's about I, I often worry that my fan is going to die on my Switch. Um, <laughs> I, I should probably knock on wood. But um, yeah, obviously, I'm excited for Tears of the Kingdom replaying or at least revisiting Breath of the Wild. Sounds like a really cool idea. I mean, I have uh, I have not played it since since launch um, or at least since the DLC. I never finished the DLC. So maybe that's something that I should do. I don't think I ever played the DLC. Like, I think I finished my playthrough of Breath of the Wild and walked away and never looked back. So <laughs> that's probably something I should look into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Tears of the Kingdom, that's coming out uh, later on this year. Um, obviously, everyone's excited about that one. Uh, Starfield is another one I want to make sure that we touch on. So Starfield, you guys know me. I'm not a huge, huge, huge sci-fi fan, but um, Starfield, I'm excited about almost just to. Well, I want to see what they've done because we talked uh, we talked when they did like their big reveal in 2022 and kind of gave us more information about Starfield and gave us a release date and everything else like Um, at that point in time when they talked about how there's like a thousand planets. And I remember Ryan, like both of our reactions were like, that is too many fucking planets. (laughs) Like (laughs) period. We are never going to have enough time to devote to this game, to explore them all. And I mean, it kind of sounds like they're aiming for another Skyrim in that they want to like make a super awesome single player experience that people are going to be playing and exploring and modding and whatever, for the next like 10 plus years. So like that's the vibe I get out of Starfield and like the kind of scope of it. But um I'm more excited about Starfield and I've said this before because the release of Starfield means that the devs can focus on Elder Scrolls 6. And we're still years out from Elder Scrolls 6, but I'm really excited about whatever that looks like. Uh, even though in the interim, like ESO is still freaking fantastic and I love it. And it, it's just like, it's such a good experience. I don't even engage with like the multiplayer content. Just the stuff that they're writing for that game is just so freaking good. And I just love being in there. So I like I'm not frothing at the mouth for ESO or for Elder Scrolls 6. I almost said ESO 6 for Elder Scrolls 6. But uh, I am excited that it will become the focus of the devs after Starfield comes out. So I know that's not really fair to Starfield, but (laughs) I am anticipating it because of that. And I am going to play it, too, because it's on Game Pass on day one. So, like, it's something I'm going to try. 
But uh, I don't really think it's my jam, but I'm excited about devs moving on to Elder Scrolls (laughs) 6. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really enjoy uh, all of the open world RPG games that Bethesda puts out. I really enjoy the Fallout series. I enjoy Elder Scrolls, and I'm excited to see what they do with a a whole new genre. Um, And um, I, I just feel like we haven't seen a lot of this game. And uh, what we have seen yeah, has been really a small haven't. slice. And um, I'm excited to play it day one with Game Pass, uh, obviously, and and play it on the Series X and and um, start exploring many, 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 many planets. So. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else on your list that you want to mention? I have a couple more, but just before we wrap things up. Yeah, before we wrap things up, I think like, you know, uh, a quick shout out to the new Jedi game, Jedi Survivor, that's coming out in March. Uh, Suicide Squad, which is, I think, gaming for May. Um, I'm excited to see what uh, Rocksteady does after, like now that they've finished. Well, they did Arkham Knight and and then it's been five. Well, it's been seven years because I remember when it came out, uh, you know, Caden was born. So, um, <laughs> you know, I remember playing Arkham Knight and everyone was I, and I played it on PC. I'm like, oh, this isn't as bad as people are saying. And I, I know it had a rocky launch on PC, but um we're finally getting another game from that team and it's, and it's going to be the suicide squad. And it's, you know, I'm not, um, I think, I think, uh, it's, it's not the game. It's not Rocksteady's fault, but I think like suicide squad since it's been, it's been done a lot and it's been done twice with the DCU. And, and I think like, it'll be interesting to see how they differentiate themselves from, yeah you know, uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, the other the other movies that have come out, but uh, although I mean, yeah. like Batman's been done a hundred. We've had like four Batman origin story movies True. in the last decade, so yeah. I mean, like, can definitely be done with oh, yeah. varying amounts of success for sure. But uh, yeah, we have had a few different Suicide Squad stories lately, so hopefully yeah. they're able to, to kind of distinguish themselves. Yeah, and I mean the other, the the final one, which it shouldn't surprise anyone, which is another remake, which is uh, Resident Evil Four remake. Uh, we're finally getting a remake of Resident Evil Four. That one's also out in March. Surprisingly, I thought I f- for some reason thought that was June, but um, it, it is just around the corner. And uh, I love Resident Evil Four. Like I played it and purchased it on multiple platforms. Uh, including very recently on uh, Oculus Quest. So, um, or sorry, yeah. I should say Meta Quest. But uh, I don't know how you can do Resident Evil in VR. That just oh, it's, it's very queasy. <laughs> I will admit because yeah. it's it's not only is it free uh, free roam sort of movement, so you're moving with the control stick, and that that makes me queasy and a little a uh, little tipsy. Um, uh, but also the combat is very is very action focused and uh, a lot of. A lot of zombies sneaking up on you. So uh, yeah, I have not gotten far. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the remake, not in VR. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to the new entry into the Assassin's Creed franchise. I do still have to go back and finish Valhalla. I got pretty far into it, but um, I do have to finish that up. And the new Mirage game looks like it's going to be like kind of back to early Assassin's Creed titles, like lots of sneaking and assassinating and as opposed to like a little bit more of like the run in head first action sort of style of combat that I feel like they kind of leaned into. Like I I don't really feel like I was as sneaky in like the more recent parts of the franchise as I was originally. So Mirage looks like it's leaning back towards that like stealth kind of combat. So 
I'm excited to give that a shot. Uh, and then finally for me is a title called Nightingale, which is from ex-Bioware folks who worked on stuff like Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and, and Knights of the Old Republic. And the character design in this looks so cool. So the concept is like you're exploring the, the I think at one point they say like the realms of the Fae or something which is already super freaking cool and right up my alley. But the character design is quite like eldritch and stuff. And then they've got like these big portal things that just like stop working and strand a whole bunch of people. And so it looks like you're trying to like reactivate the portals and then find other survivors because your home like world or city or whatever, which is Nightingale has potentially been destroyed. Cause like right at the very end, it says like you're the final remnants of your society or something like that so i'm like just all of that <laughs> like it's almost like post-apocalyptic stuff in one spot but then like fairy realms with eldritch overtones like it just there's so much of this game that sounds really really cool and it's from devs that i know that i love so i think nightingale is going to be um one of my top experiences for this year i mean no pressure Guys, no pressure, but uh, I'm expecting big things from Nightingale. So we'll have to see if that uh, kind of lives up to <laughs> everything that I hope that it will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was one that uh, I don't know a whole lot about it, but um, it, it does look really cool. So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one when it comes out and, and playing more of it for sure. Well, that's it. That is everything that we are looking forward to for 2023. Let us know if we missed anything or if there's anything that didn't make our list that you're super excited about. Again, we were kind of working from the Polygon article, which we will link in the show notes, but feel free to throw anything over into the Discord that you want to talk about. If you're not part of our community over there, what are you doing? Go and join the Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And don't forget this Sunday, January 15th, we are going to be talking all about the original Portal game for Game Club. So go and check it out. Again, that is at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That's going to do it for us this week. You can follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>